It's the Punk Rock Classrooms Podcast, Episode 7, Unity. There's a war coming down between my breasts and mine. I don't want no war going down, going down tonight. Stop this! War! Stop this! War! Civilization! Ha! I go and ever see it! I call this person you know, I still cannot believe it! All right, good morning, everybody. Good afternoon, good evening. Maybe you're commuting. Hopefully you're driving safe. Maybe it's your plan time. I am Mike, principal extraordinaire out of Lansing, Illinois. And I'm Josh Buckley, a social studies teacher from Mesa, Arizona. And we want to welcome you to the Punk Rock Classrooms podcast yet again. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get our classrooms to be like a punk show, Mike. Bring in some passion, unity, and a little DIY attitude to what we do, buddy. Yeah, definitely. It doesn't matter if you don't have a punk rock background, you didn't listen to it, it's fine. Because here, we are all punks of the Punk Rock Classrooms podcast. That is right. And so today, uh, Mike, last week we took a nice little, not last episode, we took a nice little Thanksgiving break, uh, talked a little bit about what we're thankful for. Now yep. we're back on it, man. We're, we're back talking about topics. And so our topic for today is unity. Unity and punk rock, what that looked like for us as young punks and what that means for us as, as educators. So let, let's start, man. What is, when we talk about unity, what does that mean for What does that mean to you and sort of the punk rock world? What, what did it mean for you as a young punk growing up? Yeah. Well, well first, let me just say, I missed you, Josh. It's been oh, a long time. since it has we, been. <laughs> we, we got to sit down and record together. Um, but you know what? Family time was crucial. So that's anyway, right, that's right. Yeah. Unity. So, I mean, for me, and I've talked about this before, like, when you look back in the day, like when we were growing up and you had punk rock kids and hardcore kids, uh, we were kind of like the misfits. You know, we didn't really fit in anywhere. You know, like um, I wasn't great at sports, but I was good at running. And of course, like running was like the sport that no one wanted to do. You know, we were <laughs> down yeah, um, I, I was good at art, but I wasn't great at art. You know, I was smart in advanced honors classes but because i was into skateboarding and listening to, to different music than what everyone else was i wasn't like you know the cool popular kid hanging out with all of them so to me like unity and punk rock you know it was this place where there, there was all these different genres and subcultures of you know the punk community you know old school punk with the mohawk and spiked hair and leather jackets and, and dog collars everywhere you know, the new school type of skater punk, um, you know, you had, you had kids, rude boys who were into ska music wearing ties and pork pie yeah. hats and whatnot. <laughs> but it was a place when you went to a show, it didn't matter what scene you identified with or kind of what your background was or what you had going on. It, we were all there for, for the same reason, to be a part of something. Right. And it, it, to me, it gave us, you know, a family and, and families have all kinds of different personalities, different, you know, no one in your family, your cousins, your brothers, your aunts, uncles, no one's the same. And that's what makes it so awesome. And I mean, to me, that's what unity in the punk rock scene was. It gave me a place where I felt accepted, where I gained friendships and I had, had others like me and not like me, just we all came together. You know, what about you? Yeah. You know, that's that same sort of idea. I remember, you know, being, I grew up in like a little rural town. I graduated with 70 kids, right? So super small town kid, 
but I found like my punk rock community and we were all real different. We came from different places. We, you know, we had different backgrounds. We didn't look the right. same, but we all found this sort of home together in, in punk rock. And uh, I remember uh, just sort of, you can look back at old photos of the punk shows I was at and it's just this vast array of different people. Right. Right. But we were all there to like, to, to come together and do this one thing, right? Like listen to music, create music, be, be in this space together. And it didn't matter, you know, who you were. You were at the show, you came in, you were there, you were a part of, of the scene. Like we were really a family, you know? Yeah. And, and I really, that's what this unity in punk rock means to me. And I think like we should, we definitely do need to make a place for that in our classrooms and in oh, our schools 100%. and on our campuses. So Mike, when you look at your campus, what do you do to sort of like get unity, whether it's with students or with your staff, what does that look like for you as a leader on a campus? Man, like I, I could talk about this topic for hours. <laughs> so, I mean, there's so many facets of it and I'll, I'll try to, keep it brief, you know, for, for the plan time course, you know, get, get this listened to in plan time. But for me, like when I came here, this is my sixth year as a principal here and not saying the staff wasn't in a good collaborative, collaborative place, but it was more, and we've talked about this before, your stereotypical, like, you know, this grade level is going to sit with this grade level and that's who they're going to talk with at the staff meeting. Um, so for me, I really wanted to build this sense where, these aren't your kids and my kids and his kids. These are our kids. And it doesn't matter if they're not in your room. So I wanted it where we're basically all in for the kids together, regardless of your role, you know, all the way from our, our custodians, all the way up to, you know, to me, everyone, every adult in this building needs to be here for the kids. So that's why right. we're here. And that's what's it's uniting you, right? Like yes. it's punk rock. It's those kids that are uniting you. Right. And we're all working towards the same goal, which is, to make these kids believe in themselves and know their strengths and be ready to go out and be, be problem solvers and world changers, man. So for me, um, being the leader of the school, because there's so, so when we grew up, the principal, basically he would come in to do, you know, observations, the two, two or three observations they're required to do a year. And then <laughs> if a kid was in trouble. Other than that, you didn't really see your principal too much. At least I didn't grow right. up. Yeah. Even, even when I was teaching my first couple of years, it was days would go by when I didn't see my administrators. So for me to have that all in mentality, it's got to be, I, I can't lead from my office and I'm never up in my office today. Actually, you know, I, I was with a student um, and we happened to come up to the front because something happened at lunch. So we just jumped in the front office and we're sitting there and he stops me mid sentence and he just looks around. He's like, wait, this is your office. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Why? He's like, well, I thought you just worked out there on your that rolling thing in the middle of the hallways in the classrooms. So to me, that actually made me happy. I'm like, look, it's the kids know and the staff knows by seeing me every day that that I mean what I say, like I am, we're all in this together. Like you're right. we're united for the same front, the same reason to help guide these kids to, to help change our world. So to me, that's what it means as a leader to be in the school. You need to be on the same level with your staff. They need to know that you have their backs 
and you're going to support them. And there's going to be times that I've got to give them, you know, directives or uncomfortable conversations to let them know things that aren't working. You know, it's not yeah. all unicorns or rainbows. <laughs> I love you and this is great, you know. Um, but they, when they, they know that I'm there, you know, and I hate using the term in the trenches or on the front lines because school's not a war zone. I mean, right. if it is, like, you, that, that school needs to have a complete culture shift. But <laughs> when they know that I'm there, like, I'm all in. Like, when I'm sitting down with kids, you know, com working on the lesson with them or I'm asking them what's going on and I'm not too busy to take the day out to, to sit down with them and talk to them and, and just know what's going on in life, like, that sends a message to the staff that I mean what I say. And look, I'm not going to ask you to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. And let's, let's change the world for these kids. Um, so kind of in a nutshell, you know, but what do you think? How does it apply to the classroom? Well, you know, I, I think one of those things is for me is it's all about um, just accepting your kids where they're at and working with them from that point of view. Right. Like, oh, yeah. Definitely. I, you know, for me, I was always at sort of different punk rock kid. And so one of the things that I always make sure of as a teacher is that I don't, I don't ever judge a kid by what they look like when they come into my classroom. Right. I try not to judge them on, you, you know, sometimes you hear a teacher mention what they were like in their classroom, or you hear about what happened the year before. Right. I always try to, I always try to like accept kids the way they come into my room. Right and work with them from that standpoint. And, and that's my way of showing kids like, look, I see who you are. I know who, like, I, let me learn about you. Let's, let's figure out who you are, share, like, let's share this. And then we're gonna work together on stuff, right? Like that's right. what it comes down to me is essentially about it, working with those kids and accepting where they're at and helping them be a part of the learning in your classroom by supporting their different needs and and what works for them right so right. you know i remember my very first year uh my very first year it's actually student teaching i student taught and one of my classes was an inclusion classroom right so i had a team right. teacher yeah. in there yeah i had a, I had a student who uh was visually impaired i had a student who was hearing impaired and i had a handful of other students with ieps in that classroom right, right? and from that very first year i think i learned right away that like working with students doesn't mean you only work with the students at the top of your class. It doesn't mean right. you work with the students who come in and look like you and sound like you. It means right. you work with all students, right? Like, right. It, and, and it's about finding a way to support those kids. So, I mean, I taught geography when I student taught. And so I had to find a way to support my visually impaired student to be able to use maps and, and work on maps and do stuff like yeah. that. And really, that taught me the idea of like, look, if, if we figure out what supports our kids need, and if we work to get them those supports, they can succeed, right? right. And, and it's, it's about like, and it comes with building those relationships too. A couple of years ago, I had a student um, who, who had a disability who was, in a, who was on a scooter, right? Okay. Um, and so he, I, I could just tell, I start my class off with a bunch of activities and moving around and stuff like that. And he very much didn't want to, he didn't want to get in the way or move around. Right. Okay. Because right. I think for him, it was, I think for him, it was this idea of like, you know, then we've got to move a desk and I've got to ask people to move and it right. just, you know, and so I was, I told him, I'm like, Hey, you tell me what you need and we're going to make it happen. Right. Like, 
I don't want you to feel that you've got to sit this out because you, you know, because you can't get up and walk around the classroom. Right. So we're going to make it work. And I'm not going to, like, I talked to him, I said, I'm not going to let you like slip through on this, man. Like you deserve to be a part of this too. So let's figure out how we do that. Right. And I mean, I teach seniors, so my conversations maybe are a little easier, but I can have that conversation with that kid. And it's about building that relationship and going, what do you need to get you to, to be able to participate and join in and be a part of this because no kid in our classrooms should be set aside or left out or not be a part of what's going on. When we talk about unity, we're talking about all kids, all kids united. Right. right? And, and for me, that's at the heart of it is finding out what do my students need to be successful and then working with them to make that happen. Right. Right. And letting them know that just because they're different doesn't mean I'm going to set them aside or just because they come from someplace else or maybe, you know, maybe their English isn't as good or, you know, I always try to go, it doesn't matter. We're going to find a way to get you involved in what's going on. So let me, let me flip it back to you, Mike. I got a question for you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we talk about this idea of um, equitable education, right? That's this. Right. That's this, you know, the big discussion that's going around, especially here in Arizona, a lot of districts are having this conversation about equity. Okay. What does that, what does that mean for you? And how do you, in, how do you try to envision what that looks like? Or how do you ensure that for kids on your campus? Oh man, I didn't know you're going to. It's a big this, question. Uh, it's a big yeah, question. Big, you know, what you were just kind of talking about, like I, I'm, I'm listening and you know, it's, you, you said some good things that really, you know, I agree with where we have to meet our kids where, we're, where they're at, you know? Right. I, I've seen a lot in education where, you know, you get a group of kids for the year and instead of adapting to where they're at, you want them to, the, the teachers wanting them to be where the teacher's at or where the teacher's comfortable and the teacher gets frustrated, but you don't pick, we don't pick and choose who we're going to have in our classrooms, right. you know? these are our kids. Like this is who's coming to us. And I think it was Adam welcome. He said in one of his keynotes, I saw, you know, you can teach something like, you know, you, you teach for 20 years, but you, you teach kids for 20 years. You don't teach the same lesson for 20 years. It was something like that. Where yeah, yeah. like You have to adapt. And, you know, when I taught, I'll never forget my first couple of years, my department shares in my veteran teachers on my English team, saying, oh, well, I've already got all my copies made for the whole year. And this Oof. was in August. And I'm like, I don't even know, have my copies made for tomorrow. Like, how do you already <laughs> have your whole year planned out knowing the kids are just going to follow in suit with your lesson plans? Like, Josh, I hate lesson plans. I hate to turn them in. I hate looking at them. You know, I hate, if, if a good teacher, yes, they need to have a plan, but those boxes should not be written in pen or permanent mark. Like, it should be just like a blueprint because things come up and you need to have those teachable moments and adapt to where your kids at. So the question you asked me, like the equitable education for all, it's, it's kind of like we, we need to meet the kids where they're at. We need to have kids where things are obviously differentiated for where they're at. And in our classrooms, even if you have a track class, ability group class, right. Within that, within that ability, there's still differences of where kids are at. Oh, for sure. We need, we need to find where they're at and teach them at their level to keep making them successful and keep seeing growth. Right. We can't just, we can't just say, here's, 
here's the level where I'm going to start at as a teacher because this is where you should be in grade four. And I'm just throwing grade four out there. You know, you, we can't do that. You're going to have kids in your class that are at a second grade level. You're going to right, have kids right. that, they're in a seventh grade level that are in fourth grade. So we need to find where everyone's at and provide them the means to be successful with their strengths, where they're at, and show growth. That's why I hate standardized tests where they just kind of, or the state assessments where they just kind of look and they say, here's where we expect you to be. We use our own local assessments like every district does. Yeah, yeah. And I put so much more stock into, are my kids making growth? Because right. if, you're in a, if you're in a fifth grade class and you're reading at a second grade level, but then you've gone up to mid-year third grade level by the winter assessment, that's a year and a half's growth right there. I mean, we need For to sure. celebrate that. Like, I don't care that you're not, I mean, I care that you're not at your level because something happened throughout right. your six years of education at this point, but we need to, to meet our kids where they're at and ensure that everyone's succeeding. So right. I can rant on this forever. <laughs> I but, think it's, uh, you're, you're right. It's about finding that sort of like, what's the, you know, those tiered system of supports. And right. I think it's, it's also about like, not just accepting kids where they are educationally, but accepting kids and working with kids no matter who they are. Right. Right. Like, I know that for, for me, I've worked with students who are transgendered. I've worked with students who are, you know, LGBTQ in other ways. I've worked with students right. who aren't, you know, who are uh, undocumented students. I've worked with kids, you know, who uh, come from different backgrounds, different home lives in different countries. And I think that part of like that punk rock growing up really kind of set this in me that like, I'm not going to judge somebody based on, who they are right, right. like right. because i remember getting kicked out of a mall because i was dressed yeah, i was a punk kid with a bunch of other punk kids right right and i remember teachers kind of counting out my friends hey, because he had a purple mohawk right 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 um and so for me i've always and it might just be like i've always felt a camaraderie with sort of my roughest kids right Same and so here, man. my yeah. kids who come in I had a senior, you know, with big tattoos on his hands and just a, just, you know, just a, just a, a rough around the edges kid. But this right. kid and I clicked because I taught, I treated him like a human in my classroom. Right. right. I didn't treat him like his tattoos. I didn't treat him like his home life. I treated him like a kid. Right. And I, I agree, man. Cause like I had grown up so many adults kind of already write me off and, and, kind of determine, you know, predict what path I'd go down. And, you know, I'm not going to do that to any of our kids. So, I mean, you got to, I like to get to know not only like everyone, I mean, I'm a people person, man. I like to talk, I like to get to know you. Like, I mean, I, so I get to, I want to know everything that's going on in, in my staff's lives. And if, if there's things I can help you with, get to know my kids' backgrounds and their lives. And no matter what, like no matter what you're going through or what you're into or what, you know, it's, it doesn't matter to me. Like we're going to, you know, and we're going to work through it. And I, I feel that's been a reason I have been successful to reach some of these kids. Right. Like you, you got to let kids know that, and it really comes down to this. We're all here to make sure that students succeed. And right. it's not just like, like I said earlier, it's not just some students. It's not just the students 
you get along with. It's not just the students who are easy when they come in your room. It's not the student that says thank you at the end of every lesson. It's right. all kids. All kids. All kids. That, that's, what that unity, that's what that unity really means to me. It's not about some of the kids. It's not about the kids who are in your first hour class who are sweet and not your sixth hour kids who are driving you nuts at the end of the day. It's about all kids, no, right. mat no matter what. And so we posed a question, just like always, out to the Twitterverse, Mike. And I know you and I could spend another 20 minutes talking about unity right. in the classroom and in our schools and what that means. But let's give it up to our, let's give it up to our listeners. We asked them uh, in our slow chat, uh, the question we posed was, how do you ensure all students are part of the learning in your classroom or school? How right. do you get them all involved? And so one of our first, one of the tweets that we're going to share comes from Jessica Walker uh, at WalkerJD40. And she said, this year I've started incorporating themes with my subject matter. Uh, she says, uh, she thanks another, uh, another person on Twitter, uh, Ray uh, Hugert, for helping, for helping her find great ideas for sixth grade math. We have run a restaurant and a hospital. My nice. current unit is Santa's workshop, right? So there you go. How do you engage those kids? How do you get them all involved? Find a fun way to do it, right? Exactly. And we asked, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, it reminded me of, you talked about a teacher on your campus who ran the construction site, right? Yes. Like that yes. idea of engaging kids, bringing them all in. Yes, definitely. We had um, just a SPED teacher, at SPED teacher I am, and they said, you have to know your kids, how they thrive and their limits. I have one kid who emails me their questions or concerns and another kid taking over the class to teach about noble gases options, relationships, and being flexible paired with ongoing communication. And I, I love this because it's, you know, we've said it, relationships are number one. You got to know your kids. Right. And I love having the choices because all kids have different strengths and every person has a different strength, strength and weakness. So we need to right. let these kids showcase their strengths. My, my ESL teacher has introduced Flipgrid for her kids because, uh, some of them, like it's for them, it's more comfortable to do this recording right. and play it than than speak in front of their their classmates because, you know, when they're doing it live on the spot, it, they all this pressure and all eyes are on them and they're already having trouble, you know, because English is their second language. So this way, they can record it, you know, on their own and then play it back for the teacher in the class, and it's been awesome. I'm actually gonna record, I'm going to record a Flipgrid for them um, that they don't know it's coming yet though. But. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, the next one is from Dustin uh, at Dustin Pearson two. And he says, we know our students learning styles and create material that address their strengths, differentiate, give choice, facilitate, provide feedback and informal assessment. Just a few key things. Those are all great ways to get all those kids involved. Definitely. And then we had Courtney Probasco at Steampunk Teach. Uh, is their handle, love it. I think there are two big parts of my room. First, letting students show their learning in a way that they feel confident. You can show it by acting, rapping, building something in Minecraft. The second way is the way my class is gamified. Quests are tailored to their learning styles. Then this year I'm piloting, creating my own game. The overall theme is time travelers trying to collect pieces from unit. Each student creates a character card, unlocks achievements. So far, so good. I've used uh, ClassCraft in previous years. So that's so right. I mean, yeah, that's just awesome. I love the themes. I especially love, I was not, it sounds like a role playing. I was never into role playing. <laughs> um, 
I tried to once, my buddies all were, and I went down to, to create my character one day and just creating the character took hours. And that was as far as I got. <laughs> I never went back. I do but, love um, this idea that I, like they're collecting stuff along the way, like collecting those artifacts. Yeah. Every kid gets to go, this is what I learned. This is what I got. They get to own it and be a part of it. That's fantastic. That's so cool, man. So cool. And, and so I, we want to thank everybody who tweeted in. We had a bunch more tweets on the question, but you know, we, we, we love y'all, but we can't read them all. Otherwise that would just be the show. Maybe that'll happen. Maybe we'll just do a, a maybe show. Maybe we'll just do questions and answers one show. That'd be pretty rad. Definitely, uh, I think so. Right. And so next up, guys, we want to thank you for tuning in on our discussion in Unity. Our next episode is going to be on breaking the status quo. What's more punk rock than fighting the man and breaking down some walls? Uh, so yep. we hope that you'll tune in next time. You can follow us on Twitter at Punk Classrooms. You can follow Mike on Twitter at mearnshaw158. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh R. Buckley. All those are in the show notes, so you can just click on them. Uh, and, dude, this has been good. <laughs> yeah, real good. So, yeah, until the next episode, like Josh was saying, we'll have a slow chat come out about breaking the status quo. Um, follow the hashtag Punk Rock Classrooms, and uh, you can be a part of it. Um, but, Josh, as we always end, what have you been listening to this past week, man? All right, man. So I turned on an album today, and it usually always happens because we record, and then I go – I like whatever I listen to today is like the thing I'm like, oh, I loved that today. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, you know, I've got my Spotify and it goes, hey, hey, rem it was like the end of the year stuff. And so it's like, do you remember this album that you listened to a bunch? <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And one of the albums on my list was Saves the Day Through Being Cool, which is probably ah, one nice. of my favorite like punk pop punk albums of all time. Yeah. Every every song is choice on that album. One of my favorites. So that that really made my day today. I was listening it between classes, and then while I was grading some tests afterwards today. So it was it was it was good to have a good driving awesome. punk rock in my day. How about you, so, man? What are you yeah, listening for to? For me, yeah. So for me, um, I've been listening to a lot of whatever you want to call them. They were American Nightmare, American Ooh. Nothing, Give Up the Ghost. I do um, love Give Up the Ghost. <laughs> yeah. So I've been listening to a lot of that uh, this past week, man. I just I love it. Just, you just sometimes you just need to yell, Mike. Sometimes it helps. Exactly. Yeah. So, so that's what I've been listening to. Um, you know, as always, we want to thank everyone for listening this week. Please give us a rating on iTunes and get ready for our next next episode on breaking the status quo. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you at the show. At the show.